Within a half a year, Ayala lost 85 pounds. She was only 15 years old. As her weight came off, she started dressing more with it. The following year, poor Ayala was going through major turmoil at the time. Her mind was racing a mile a minute and she started spiraling downwards on a very fast pace. She went from one group of friends to another. Each group ostracized her. She changed her dress code to more modern clothing. She ended up with the struggling girls of the class, which was heartbreaking for me to see. Ayala was very resentful. How could her friends drop her like a hot potato when she's struggling? Why can't they be more sensitive and more understanding? Ayala was pure and faithful. She was struggling, but it didn't change her essence. At the end of the school year, I knew that there was something terribly wrong with my precious daughter. What is it? She was driven by something more powerful than her. Meanwhile, I did some groundwork and looked through Ayala's briefcase. Maybe I'll find a clue to her strange behavior. I noticed that Ayala was listening to the radio to a non-firm channel, and then I found it. I was horrified. I found a, a drawing of a non-firm Hassan and Kala that Ayala drew. Help! My head was racing. What's going on? What's my poor daughter into? Does she have a boy in her life? Is she looking out for one? How could it be? I tried to be understanding and loving to her. How could she? What now? Who am I supposed to speak to? The answer came shortly. I saw the number of Leif Shomea and hoped they could guide me, and they did. I called and told them the story in short. They asked me a few questions and then threw a bomb. Ayala definitely has a boy in her life. She needs to see a therapist as soon as possible. My head was spinning. Life was good. What an upheaval. My daughter, a boy, a therapist? The Nisayan is way too big for me. I really wanted to go on the covers, but I didn't. How am I going to convince Ayala that she should see Rivka Kapilovitz, a therapist? I had a brainstorm. I'll tell her that I found someone tops that understands in schools. She'll be able to guide her where to continue from here. Since she was so unhappy where she was, Ayala accepted it graciously. Her pain was so great she wanted to help herself as much as she can. Ayala went weekly to Rivka and got along with her very well. After a few sessions, Rivka called my husband and I to explain to us what Ayala is dealing with. She told us that Ayala is in a lot of pain and she would dive in that she should keep the three basic mitzvahs. Nothing else is relevant. Don't stand on anything at all. She needs love and acceptance only. When I heard this, I was devastated. I burst out crying hysterically. How could it be, my beautiful, precious Ayala? Where did I go wrong? What's wrong with her? Why is she acting out? Is there any chance my other children will fall? Rivka calmed me down and convinced me that it's not my fault at all. Ayala is in pain. From the trauma she'd gone through, she said that Ayala has nothing against Yiddishkeit. It's an emotional breakdown. It's coming out in such a way. Just let go, she, she told us. Love her and love her some more. That's the only medicine to help her heal. Somewhat, this was soothing. Obviously, there's no place for guilt. This was very calming for me. Of course, I made mistakes. I'm human. 
but I tried my best. On the other hand, it's nearly impossible to watch our precious daughter spiral downwards and not try to catch her. How will we have strength to cope with this huge nisayin that fell on us? This was a hard and bitter pill to swallow. I know that I'm not giving up on my daughter and I'll do anything it takes to have a good relationship with her. Rav Parish was the answer. He was top in Eretz Yisrael that deals with struggling teens. He's a good yid with a big heart. I went to him weekly for words of encouragement. He kept on saying, just like Rivka, it's not against Yiddishkeit. She had an emotional breakdown and the medicine is love and acceptance. That's all. No preaching, no musser, love and more love. You need to go along with whatever she wants and whatever she's up to. Basically, he wanted me to forget about anything I knew until now and change the route. This was no simple task at all. I bought her clothing she liked, which were not sneezed. I mended her pants, bought her all the things she liked, baked her the rolls she liked, and checked out her page on Facebook, chatted with her guy friend, hung out with her, and chatted and laughed with her friends, also in so much pain. Ayala loved me. She had no problem that her nebby mother came to visit her and her cool friends. She loved every minute that we spent together. Ayala had such a low self-esteem at that point that anyone who smiled or flirted with her, she developed some kind of relationship with. She wanted love, hugs, and recognition. Before long, we heard that the Arab worker in our local grocery was flirting with her. That's scary. She was in danger. We needed to get her out of this country as soon as possible. One of the camps in America accepted her. Since she was striking, they didn't like her attitude, and before long, she was out of there also. A wonderful family from Lakewood took her in for the rest of the summer and made her feel like part of their family. Ayala was very vulnerable, and we felt it would be best for her to stay in the States. One of the Besyakovs in Lakewood accepted Ayala. She was hesitant about going to school in Lakewood, but she agreed to give it a try. Being that Ayala was having an inner turmoil, she couldn't be a student or follow the rules. Before long, Ayala was thrown out of school, and she couldn't stay by the family that took her in. Arrangements were made for Ayala to come back to Eretz Yisrael. We nearly had a heart attack when we saw her at the airport. This was a different Ayala. We swallowed hard and smiled at our precious daughter. She changed her way of dress, her way of talking. It was so painful to see. We realized that our own daughter has a sickness, cancer of her emotions. We were broken to pieces. What are we to do? How could we help her? Is she lost? No, we're not willing to lose our dear Ayala. She's way too precious to us. I continued going to have parish for my weekly chizik injections. I wouldn't have survived without him. I continued following the rules to just give her love. I knew this was Ratzon Hashem, so I followed and was hoping for the best. Slowly, slowly, Ayala felt our love with the guidance from the Rav. Ayala moved back home. She could wear pants, tight, see-through clothing. These were not issues. It wasn't easy, but we were willing to pay the price to have our dear daughter back. It passed my mind. What will be with the rest of the family? Will they understand that she's allowed different things than they are? Will this affect them negatively? She wasn't Shema Shabbos. She watched movies in her rooms all day, smoked and spent time with her boyfriend. 
Ayla was always a fine girl and she wasn't interested in pulling anyone down with her. She was very close to our other kids. I kept on davening and telling myself that if I'm doing rats in Hashem, nothing bad will come out of this. I knew that my other kids will become more open-minded because she lost her sensitivity of what to talk about and what not. Her mouth wasn't so clean. She picked up different words from the street. I was still convinced that although I wouldn't think that this is the way to deal with a kid, a kid in pain, if this is Das Torah, then I'll be okay. Different scenarios took place while Allah was home. My daughter Batya was only five years old at the time. She came crying to me that her friends say they can't come into our house because of Ayala. Batya was sad. My heart ripped to pieces. I want the best for every single one of my children. What could I tell her that'll be productive? I spoke to someone who suggested that I empower my family by giving Batya a choice. I spoke to Batya and said, Batya. We have two choices. We could either tell Ayala to leave and then you could have your friends come over or you could play with her friends all day and then we'll keep Ayala. I took a chance, but I was positive Batya would choose the second choice and she did. I was so proud of Batya. What a smart and sensitive sister she was. This experience empowered me. From then on, I knew that my family is above all. We will pass this test with flying colors. One day, I walked Ayala to the bus stop. She was dressed in tight jeans pants, a short sleeve t-shirt, dyed hair almost white. A nose ring, three earrings on one ear, two on the other, big loop earrings, a package of cigarettes in her back, tight jeans pants pocket, and smoking. Ayala turned to me and asked, Mommy, are you embarrassed to walk with me in the street? I was taken aback. What in the world am I meant to say? I had the guts to walk with her proudly with my head up high after an ishchenoch told me that she's in the same category as a child without hair because of chemotherapy treatment. Her being dressed this way is exactly equivalent to a cancer child without any hair in his head. That's physical cancer, and this is emotional cancer. No need for embarrassment. I turned to my darling Ayala and said with a tremendous amount of siyata d'shmaya, Ayala, you were born and I loved you to pieces. Nothing changed since then. It makes no difference to me what you wear. Ayala was satisfied, although I didn't answer her question. My goal was to continue building a loving and close relationship with Ayala even if she won't change spiritually because her issue was emotional. Hashem understands that she's going through a hard time and he has patience. Poor Ayala, she was so mixed up and in so much pain. One of my neighbors came over to me one day and asked me what I say about her writing Yishana Toiva card to Ayala. I was touched beyond words. That's so thoughtful of you, I told her. I just want you to know that I'd like to add a request that I allow be more sensitive to the neighbors and dress more appropriate. It's very disturbing to my son. I lost it. I was so upset. How dare you, I said. Do you have a relationship with her? Do you know what she's going through? How could you think of giving her musr? I told her assertively. There's no place for this. Baruch Hashem, she accepted it well. She meant no harm. Muster is the last thing these kips could handle. Oil, ayala, and any struggling kip could handle is love and encouragement and lots of acceptance. 
I knew that Ayala's nefesh was in pain and I have to do whatever it takes for her to have Menuchas and nefesh. Ayala knew I was proud of her survival. I trusted her blindly when she was around my other children. I knew that Ayala was acting out because of the abuse she went through. I also knew she needed time to heal. It was clear like day to me that my other kids won't be hurt by having her around, although her dress language and things she did wasn't according to our religious standards. If Avtara said it was fine to bring her home, then I believe only good would come of it. Ayala decided that she wants to pull herself together and stop learning something. Avtara said, you must find money for this. I don't care what it'll cost. Sell your house if you need to. You need to pay for her schooling, Rafara said, and we listened. How do we find her a place to learn? I called the area in my area and asked what's available. I was taken aback by the response. They told me that we were working on opening up a school for struggling teens for a good few years. Next week, the school is starting. I couldn't believe this means that the school opened up especially for Ayala. Ayala was the first student, Niflos Darke Hashem. The school was local and very befitting for Ayala. They hardly had rules. The girls met regularly with Chevy, the most passionate social worker. The teachers treated each student like an only child. There was so much love there. The staff was out to nurture the kips back to emotional health. Love, affection, and acceptance was the treatment. Ayala was like a sister to her friends, always there to listen and to give of herself to them. Ayala's confidence was boosted. There, with a nice learning program, great programs after school, and lots of friends, each with their own story, she started feeling like a person again. Batya, five years old, picked up Ayala from school daily. They worked the, walked the streets together and talked all the way home. I loved it. What more nachas could I ask for? My girls are getting along with one another. My goal was that Ayala feel loved and accepted by all my children. Ayala and Nair took a walk together, chatting away. Many people turned around and steered. No one dreamed that they were siblings. A Hashira person came running to us frantically, telling us what he just saw. Do you know that Yair is working with a girl in the street? She's not from our type of families. He was shocked when we told him that she's our precious Ayala. My Yoimbu went out the window. All I wanted to do was rest in Hashem. I would ask myself all the time, what does Hashem want from me at this moment, in this situation? Then I would do the next appropriate step. Slowly, slowly, Ayala calmed down. Her language became cleaner and she was healing emotionally. Ayala had a Syrian boyfriend, Yonatan. He was much stronger than her in Yiddishkeit. They knew each other for a few years. It didn't look like it was going anywhere. On the contrary, they were both relaxed and satisfied being in this status. I was grateful that it came from a firm family that was soothing. I wanted him to start making some sign of interest in marriage. At least she'll only have one boy in her life and not more than that. One day, Ayala came over to me and said, Mommy, if you ask me, I'm not interested in getting married yet. I'm young and I still want to get a degree. I'd like to register to college and dorms so I could study without any distractions. I panicked. Please, Hashem, no, don't let this happen. She has a boyfriend and needs to get married already. The dorm is a mix of boys and girls. Hashem, please, don't let this happen. I ran to my friend, Rachi, and said, Rachi, that's it. Ayala told me she's not getting married so quick. 
Who knows, Rachi? Maybe it'll be years. She wants to go to college and dorm there until she gets a degree. Rachi, I'm letting go. There's nothing for me to do. I'm letting Hashem in. Hashem will take over. With that, I felt whole. Sholem, with this part of the Nisayan that was carved out especially for me. The next morning, Ayala came home and said, Mommy, Yonatan proposed to me. Look, he gave me a diamond ring. He asked me if I want to marry him. I jumped up and hugged her tightly. Ayala, do you realize you're a kala? You're a kala, you're a kala. I ran to tell my husband, called my family and friend, and got everyone excited. Flowers and focals came that entire Friday. There was a lot of excitement in the air. Before the vart, Ayala approached me respectfully and asked, Mommy, what should Yonatan wear when he comes here? I told her, Ayala, what's the difference what he wears? Let him wear his pajamas. Yonatan came dressed very respectfully together with his parents. His parents were old timers, the real stuff. I looked at Yonatan's mother. I was sure that this is how Sari Imenu must have looked, with a head covering and not a single hair that came out of it. We were so relieved. Yonatan seemed so fine. From that minute, we knew that Yonatan will be like a son to us. For us, coming from a prestigious family, it definitely was a challenge. We'll have to deal with the family and friends remarks. We were strong and following Das Taira. This is definitely Ras and Hashem. Rav Parish guided us through this all. In my mind, I pictured Yonatan a few years down the road as a Kohli younger man. We immediately started the preparations for the wedding. Ayala chose its knees the wedding gown. She said she wants to beat Sanua at the wedding. Ayala's wedding was such a big simcha. The mix of all types of Yidin were literally like Kibbutz Goliath, Svaridim, Ashkenazim, from, not from, all sorts of Hashem's children. I literally felt the Kedush in the hall. My husband's grandfather, one of the G'dayli Hadorot, was a Masada Kedushin, so the Chuppah was a mix of Brachas, an Ashkenazi accent, and the Sephardi accent. It was mind-boggling and absolutely beautiful. To our surprise, although the wedding was out of town, anyone who knew about it came. The hall was bursting with Simcha. I was on a high. Finally, my Allah will be living with Yonatan Beheter. Noam was born within the year, and Ayala wanted me to be grandma. Whoa, that was hard for me. What's wrong with plain old Bubby? I asked Abby Fisher for advice, and he said, You have a relationship with her? Yes, I said. Actually, an amazing one. He was so straightforward. So what's the problem? Let him call you potato kugel. Just be grateful that she wants a relationship with you. Keep your perspectives right. <laughs> that was a good piece of musar. It's not about me, it's about Ratzon Hashem. Be grateful, she's connected. So I'm grandma for Noam and Bubby for the rest. And it's fine, it works. Now, 13 years down the line, Baruch Hashem, Yonatan is learning Kolel full time. And Ayala's dream is to have a Torah de Kahom. Noam goes to Talmud Torah and they're all growing in the right direction. The only thing I could say is thank you, Hashem, for this Nisayan, although I'd never want to go through it again. I grew and became a better person from it. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.